When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is March 21st, and this is the Bruins Beat, presented by FanDuel on CLNS Media. And welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, Connor Ryan and I get into, hey, look, the Bruins are fine. They're okay. Everything is good. Three-game win streak. Can't ask for much more than that. Uh, And they are back on track. We also get into uh, Jeremy Swayman has been quite good of late which has been a huge boost for the Bruins. We get into how good he's been, but also is he making a little bit of a push to get some playoff starts over Lena Solmark? So Connor and I get into that. We also get into the big question. And I know this is sort of a longer term question. This isn't really a here and now question. And we try to keep focus on the now, but we looked into, uh, will the Bruins be able to sign any of Orloff Bertuzzi or Hathaway? We get into uh, all of that on this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan, presented by FanDuel. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Did you do anything fun for St. Patrick's Day? Uh, Evan, I battened down the hatches. Um, I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon, but there's only so many times I can see someone yak on the sidewalk or try to uh pee in the alleyway next to my house before i've been a bit disillusioned with uh the saint patrick's day parade so no it was very much a batten down batten down the hatches kind of day so i did not partake too much in the festivities it's only so much i can take evan yeah and you grew up there in southeast so i you know you've, you've had your fair share uh, of those parades i was uh working sunday i was at the garden all day connor i think i might have set a record uh, for be- how long I was at the garden, eight, I got there at eight thirty a.m. Left at eleven p.m. So well, I am humble brag, hu- humble brag. But it was not because I, you know, it wasn't like oh, I was grinding so hard. It was six games in a row. You know, it was it was not you know it was not a crazy job. You know, but uh, but it was a long day, very long day at the garden. Um, but then my friends and I did some stuff on Friday night. So it you know there you go. Works it was perfectly. St. Patrick's it, Day. It, it was actually on St. Patrick's Day too. So there you go. That's the more fitting one. Like I view the parade. It's kind of like when you go to like Bourbon Street in New Orleans for the first time, and like in print, like y- you get pitched it, and it's like, all right, like it's food's great, like it's a, like cool atmosphere to walk around. Like that's what the Pat- St. Patrick's St. Patrick's Day parade should be. And then like what happens? You go down Bourbon Street, and a guy from like uh, Terre Haute, like Indiana, who's never seen like a two foot like frozen mug in his life is hammered and punches you in the face. <laughs> like that's what it is. It's like, it's something that should be nice. And it just gets ruined by some jabronis. That's, that's the problem. As usual, humans ruining things. It's right, a course, common yes. trend, common trend. Uh, but uh, you know, what's not ruined Connor. 
What's that? Contrary to popular belief, the Bruins are still very good. They are not oh, wow. ruined. They are not wow. ruined. I, you know, Connor, so many people were freaking out uh, last week, the week before, you know, the thoughts start to creep in. What if, what if they're about to hit a big slide? What if this is all going to come crashing down the turnovers and this and that and in different complaints and they rattle off three straight wins, three, nothing yeah, win against Winnipeg, five, two win against Minnesota, seven, nothing over Buffalo who is fighting for a wild card spot. I think they're okay, Connor. I think they're okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're fine. Yeah, as you said, like when we talked about this little lull they were in before, and of course, like losing to a team like Chicago ain't great. Um, but I think yeah, we never thought moments, that. We never said that loss was like good or anything. It was a yeah, terrible no. loss, but does not mean to uh, sound the alarm. Yeah, I think the most important thing was just making sure their details weren't slipping. And as you've seen over those last couple of games, even like that home win over the Red Wings, like, wasn't really encouraging, right? Like, they kind of just had a – they strung together, like, 10, 15 good minutes of good hockey, and that kind of was enough to get past a team like Detroit. But um, really hadn't had a, a dominant performance in a while. And then to go back out there and beat, you know, two pretty good teams or pretty solid teams in, in the Jets and the Wild, Wild run a hot streak. And then if the Bruins were flat uh, on Sunday against the Sabres, I think you would have understood in terms of, you know, back-to-back, second leg – Seem like the Sabres who are falling out of playoff positioning, but still like they're in the mix. So that could have been a really good statement game, a really opportunistic game for them. I mean, Bruins mm. took advantage, but like that Sabres team, <laughs> Christ, like that was that Ooh. was an embarrassing performance from them, like in their own building. Um, but again, all the credit to the Bruins. It'd be one thing if they had a nice professional win, three one, four one, something like that. Smoked them, like, and you know, not even that, but beating Winnipeg in that manner. And there was still some pockets of their game that was up and down against Winnipeg, but they didn't build off of that, have a very strong performance against the Wild, um, had a little bit of assist from their video team who got the first puck uh, from that game. But um, when you look at just what went right over that stretch in terms of the Bergeron line getting hot again, you have the Coil line who has continued to look really, really good as of late. Um, defensemen step up, even again, it's a testament to, I think, the depth on the Bruins that um, – Jakob Zaboro's barely been on a game the last couple of months. Goes in there against uh, against the Sabers, I think, and had a you know a great setup on Hathaway's goal. I was really poised all day. So um, again, that's going to be important over this final stretch where you are going to start resting more and more guys. You need the guys like Zaboro and Lauko to step up, and they pulled on that same rope over this whole uh, couple of games. And they also did it yesterday or on Sunday against the Sabers. No Krejci, no Orloff. Uh, yeah. and Tyler, again, Tyler Bertuzzi is another one You're setting guys up for high danger chances. He's been very good at that. One of these days, Connor, he will score a goal. One of these days, so, the goal will come. We'll see. No one has come close so many times and, and not scored than, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. But one of these days, the puck will go in. But as you said, I mean, again, you know, the, the way in which they won those three games, um, and everything coming together again, they're okay. They're okay. Um, and you know, you even look on defense and that's starting to sort of, you know, come together again, two goals uh, over the last three games. Not horrible, Connor. It's not, that's not bad. That's not bad. So I, I think it's, you know, again, it's three games. It's the end of a road trip, which as you said, is an easy time to maybe have a letdown. They kind of had a letdown at the beginning of the road trip. Um, but again, I don't see this, you know, I, I see them continuing their winning ways. I don't see them falling off in any sort of way. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, again, it, I think it's to be expected a little bit of regression over the final couple of weeks in terms of just 
resting guy is, and what have you. Like it's not going to be every every game where you take out a guy like Krejci and the coil line goes off the Bergeron line is good for two or three goals. Um, again, they have the depth that it really hasn't been an issue this year, but there'll be games along the way where I think you'll see more lulls or this team prioritizing health and, you know, getting the game right as opposed to going all out 16 minute effort, which again, um, this team has more important things to worry about than chasing like regular season records or the point point pace they're on and all that stuff. I think the most important thing is just making sure, like even if they didn't, uh, smoke these last uh, these last three teams they played. Um, I think for the for Bruins fans, the most important thing is one health, two making sure like there's like the hallmarks of their game, the kind of the foundations of their success weren't straying. It's not like they're winning games, but they're all in shootouts like they were, you know, a few years ago. Where it's like, <laughs> all right, like you know, the, the yes. secondary scoring is here, but when you look at you know what carries you through multiple seven game uh, playoff series, it's usually stingy defense. So the fact that defense is still um, Operating at a high level, you want to keep that going. Health, as I said, and uh, I think how they perform in some of these bigger matchups, like they don't really have a intense schedule in terms of like marquee opponents. Like they have a lot of games, but other than you look at you know this upcoming weekend, Tampa, Carolina, they play Toronto later in the year, uh, New Jersey. Um, other than that, like those are the ones you probably pay more close attention to in terms of like, all right, it's almost like I think Ty Anderson even mentioned a few days ago, like they lose to Chicago, not great. But, like, let's see how they do against a team like Winnipeg that's desperate, a team that's in the picture like Minnesota. If they're flat against those teams, okay, it's not good. Like, you know, you want to kind of snap out of that. For them to respond in the manner that they did against teams that you could see down the road, that's encouraging. So if they're able to, even if it's more up and down over the next couple weeks, if they answer up against a team like Carolina or Tampa Bay, that shows you that I think they're still on course. Like, I don't think even if they they drop a few more games, then no one should be hitting the panic button by any means. I also don't think if they lose those if they lose those games against Tampa and Carolina, I, unless you know unless they get blown out and everything just yeah. goes to hell, I still am not going to sit here and press the panic button. I I, I don't <laughs> think I think you know again, as I said, unless there's crazy circumstances, circumstances, whoa, circumstances, injuries, things like that, I don't think I'll be hitting the panic button. Um, they've done enough this year to win me over and convince me um, that they're going to have a a deep run. I want to get into the goaltending in a second because that has. Uh, that is continues to improve from an even high point that it was at, you know, throughout the first half of the season. The goaltending, Jeremy Swayman, two shutouts in his last two games. Buffalo, Winnipeg. Buffalo's got quite the offense. So, I mean, shutting them out, that's no small feat. I know yes. we look at Buffalo and kind of go, oh, the little Sabres, you know, whatever. But they got a real offense up there. Real offense. I know we talked about this last week. Um and we talked about Ty Anderson earlier, or you mentioned Ty, Ty earlier. I don't think we, we, we did a whole segment on Ty. Um, but he was talking with Felger on Sports Sunday, uh, Sunday night, and it came up the idea, you know, Swayman has been outstanding since January 1st. We talked in the first half of the year, you know, can Swayman find his groove? Can Swayman find his groove? He has more than found his groove. He's been outstanding. I mean, you just look at the advanced analytics on both Olmark and Swayman. Uh, both of them are top five in uh, almost every good category the high danger uh save percentage high danger goals against average things like that they are outstanding near the top of the league and it begs the question you know Olmark throughout the year has been you know as I just said the odds on Vesna favorite um you know definitely going to be starting in the playoffs but is Swayman kind of making a push right here to contend for some starts in the playoffs yeah I mean I think he's making a push I think as you said the the keys I think to the He's to the car still going to Omar to open open the playoff run. But again, one, we'll see how it is over these next couple of weeks, right? Like, again, 
you don't want to put too much into this, like the dog days of the regular season. But that being said, it kind of is how the Bruins approached it last year, where I think Swayman had a good run where he was kind of the de facto number one. And then as the year kind of went on, he started tapering off a little bit. And Omar kind of took that spot again for the start of the playoffs. So, um, again, it's a good problem to have. It means that both those guys should get equal reps down the stretch here because they're both, one, playing like number one goaltenders, and two, it splits up those reps um, ahead of the playoffs. But I, I think it kind of comes down to how these guys, you know, fare over these final weeks. But I still feel like Omar get, gets the – Gets the nod, but you and then also you run into that situation where it's like, all right, let's say like in game two of the first round, Omar lets in four goals. Like, do you immediately go to Swayman? Like, it, it's like it's one of the, the challenges of being a, a coach in terms of weighing that. Like, is it do you do an about face there? Do you stick with them for another game? But then you're in a, you know, it's one of those ones where you have to gauge like whether it's just the the usual shit happens with you know playoff hockey where you let a few goals in or is it you know decline in terms of their play so it's a great problem to have here the Bruins where it's like all right well Omar doesn't have it we have a guy who's playing like a number one goalie and Swayman as the backup but it will be fascinating once you get to that part of the playoffs where every team goes through it with adversity in terms of something goes haywire or players you know hit, hits a lull or what have you you have insurance for that with a guy like Swayman but when exactly do you when exactly do you have like the break glass in case of emergency thing? Because you can't really put the glass <laughs> back together. You can't like put duct tape over it and clear it up. But um that'll be really fascinating to see just how Montgomery balances that because there'll there will be a game or two where even if this team goes on a deep run where probably Omar lets in four or five goals. Like that's just the way it goes. You get some of these high powered teams that they're going up against. It happens. But um, you know, when they get to that road, what Montgomery does, whether it's just Swimming for a game, uh, whether you stick with Omar, it's going to be fascinating to see how he approaches that. It's a huge coaching decision, as you said, because you really can't repair that glass. You know, you if you take out Omar, put Swayman in, are you killing Omar's confidence? Like, there's all those elements to it. I mean, they have goalie Bob, who's the goalie whisperer, can kind of figure those things out. But that's still a massive decision. And you saw the Bruins kind of struggle with that a little bit in the first round against Carolina last year, where it was, you know, what do you do? When do you kind of pull them. I mean, and, and, and it was not an easy call for Bruce Cassidy to make uh, last year. Now, again, both of them are much better than they were last year. The team is a lot better than it was last year. Um, I agree with you. I don't think there's any chance at this moment that Swayman would get starts over Olmark or at least start the playoffs over Olmark. Olmark has been, as you said, as I said, the Vesna favorite, he has carried them through court, you know, stretches of the year, won them games, been outstanding. That's, that's who I'm riding. I mean, that's who I'm going with. Um, now, as you said, though, is there more pressure because, you know, Olmark knows if he has a bad game in a game two or a game three of a series, well, you can just put Swayman in and suddenly he can go on a run. So, like, does it put the more pressure on? I don't know. I mean, they both experienced it last year. It didn't really work out. But I just look at the body of work throughout the entire year. I have a really tough time arguing for Swayman over Olmark at this moment. Um but as you said, it's a good problem. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why you don't yeah. trade a guy like Jeremy Swayman for situations that could arise like we've talked about, right? Like this is this is why you don't trade a guy like Swayman or Tuka Rask way mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, so again, I, I mean, Swayman has been um, outstanding and it's good to see, by the way, because again, he's probably your goalie of the future, big time. Um, yeah. and we'll get to kind of his, his money um, situation this offseason, which get... Uh, pretty interesting. It should get pretty interesting. But again, um, Olmark and uh, and Swayman, two good options to have. Two really good options to have. So 
Um, an interesting thing I saw Fleur Shinzawa write about uh, this past weekend is a question I think we will be doing a lot with <laughs> come the end of the season, whenever that might be. Hopefully it's, you know, middle of June, because uh, I really hope we're not doing off-season stuff in, in uh, April and May. That would be eh, not so great. And I think people... Especially April, yeah. April, something <laughs> April would be tough. <laughs> horrifically wrong, so... <laughs> something would be horrible. Someone would be, something would be very amiss if we were talking off-season stuff in, in late April, but... Be, I, think it'll, I think it'll be a sad boy summer for... Ooh. For many people on the on the pod, if that's the case. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> the listenership at <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that time, if that were, if that were the case. Um, and he wrote an interesting thing about you know will the Bruins be able to re-sign um, any of Dmitry Orlov, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, or uh, Garden Hathaway? And it's an interesting question because you know uh, all of them are raising their values. Uh, they're all different cases. You know, Bertuzzi's a a top six wing looking to kind of cash in Hathaway is a, you know, fourth line grinder type guy, maybe try to find some stability somewhere. Um, and Dmitry Orlov is looking for a payday as a defenseman, as a, as a very good um, potential top pairing defenseman. And the Bruins really, you know, uh, they are pretty good at re-signing guys that they get at the deadline, Mike Riley, Taylor Hall, uh, Charlie Coyle, um, Hampus Lindholm, like there's there's a bunch there, but I think the Bruins would love to keep all three in a perfect world, but the cap isn't really going to allow for that next year. And you have a lot of moving parts. You have uh, a fair amount of free agents. You have RFAs and Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman. You have, um, you know, the cap didn't move up as much as you thought it would. You have overage charges uh, from Bergeron and Krejci uh, potentially. I don't know the exact... Uh, financial uh the finances on that but you have that as well there's a lot of moving parts and you know can you really bring you know i think in a perfect world the bruins would love to bring back orloff but he's gonna be very expensive same with bertuzzi you have a lot of left wings uh hathaway's a fourth liner is there any is there a chance they don't bring any of these three back i mean yeah i think there's a chance none of them come back because i think when you look at it yes the bruins i think would like to have all three of them back in the perfect world but if that's the case for any one of them to I think come back, I think there's going to have to be concessions on both sides, but especially I think on the, the the viewpoint of the players, like whether it's Orlov and it's he. I think you know they said before he got traded from the Capitals, he turned down I think a six year deal. Like I don't think he's getting six years here. I don't think he's getting six and a half. I don't think he's getting like the, the Lindholm annual payout for for what he brings. And again, he probably could get that on the market. Like I could see someone like the crack and give it him six and six or what have you. And yep. same with Bertuzzi, like he's a guy that could I think easily make five and a half, maybe six, if he has a really good playoff run. So I don't see them coming back. If that's the, the payout again, it's one of those ones where if you convince him to be part of this next kind of wave that you want security, you want to still be a contending team, which again, I think you look at it, like say a guy like Orlov, right? Yes. We've talked about this before. If Bergeron and Krejci aren't back, you have that huge hole down the middle, but you look at the way this rest of this team is structured with, Swayman and Olmark with a decoy that has Lindholm and McAvoy and Carlo and Orlov. And you still have talent on the wings. Like your team's still going to be good. Like the team will, will be in the playoffs next year. Hell, they might be like still a top five team in the East, if not higher. Like that team is still going to yeah. be very good. Like I think people have to uh, be cognizant of that. So like there is still enough of a pitch here in terms of being part of this team and this culture, even if you're missing two key guys in, in Critchie and Bergeron. But to have them back, it still has to, I think, be some concessions made on the point of the players, especially a guy like Bertuzzi. Like, that's a guy that you would feel like would be probably at the top of the list in terms of just, like, his age plus where you could kind of use him. If he was a center, it would help a lot more. But 
Um, like I think probably it's like Bertuzzi, Orlov, and then probably Hathaway here. Like they take all of them back, obviously. But I think if you're the players, it's you're weighing a, a bigger payout elsewhere as opposed to maybe a chance to. I wouldn't say run it back because again, we don't know what's going to happen next year with Bergeron and Krejci. But it's not like this team's like this is the one year and they're going to immediately take a huge dip down. Will they be the wagon they are now? Will they be a top tier contender? Probably not. But this still has the foundations of a very good team. It's just whether or not these guys who are probably in line for their you know their biggest payday of their careers, you're not going to bemoan I think a guy for for chasing that when that opportunity is right there for them. No, there's nothing wrong with that. We always encourage players to go chase the bag. I mean, come on. It's part of the deal. Um, I I will push back, though. I, I think Orloff might be the top of that list. Um, and again, this is just, you know, spitballing, I guess. But I look at, you know, again, Bertuzzi, to me, is a Bruin. Like, Bertuzzi has every quality you would think a Bruins left wing would have. I just look at the depth this team already has on the wings, and I kind of go, oh, I don't know, you know. I don't know if you really want to be spending that money when you have other options there. I think shoring up your your top four on D with Orloff McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo is outstanding. Like that to me is terrific. The problem though is, is Orloff going to take less than Lindholm? Probably not, um, I would yeah. assume. Especially if he, you know, got to get him out of Washington because of it. So again, I think Orloff probably brings a little more because he solidifies a need. Um, but again, I mean, you can't go wrong with Bertuzzi. I think Hathaway's probably gone. I think that's, you know, definitely gone. Most likely he's going to get, you know, money elsewhere um, unless something drastic happens or something like that. But I look at him as kind of like a Nola Chari in that, like, mm-hmm. you know, get it elsewhere. They can refill that internally. Um, again, a guy you want on your team. That's the yeah. problem. Like all three of these guys are guys you want on your team. And the good thing is, by the way, Bruins fans, friends, listeners, they currently have them. We're talking you know, oh, again, yeah. off season. Yes. Isn't that crazy? I'm getting ahead of everybody. You know, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but it's a big conversation and they're all playing well, um, you know, and they're, they all have their spot on the team. So it's interesting to talk about them uh, right now. Connor, what can people look forward to from you over Boston.com? Yeah. We're going to have you covered every step of the way this Bruins season with recaps, features, columns, breakdowns, all that good stuff over at uh, Boston.com. Not just Bruins, of course. We have you covered on everything that's happening in Boston sports, whether it's Patriots offseason, Red Sox getting ready for their season, Celtics, everything. We have you covered on everything over at Boston.com. So please read all of our stuff over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at ConnorRyan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins Beat listeners, have a great rest of your week. Thank you.